We're good? We're live? We are live. Okay. Can we make a, a reference point uh, for, the, for the film? Yeah, yeah, here. Let's do a little... Uh, there we go. Can you see the table right there on the camera? Uh, I think so. Okay. So, I found that you need to be about a fist away. Put that sucker, put that sucker a fist straight, away. Uh, straight into the mic. Just so. like this? Yeah, I mean, you okay. can hold it relaxed if you'd like. You, yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah. Sweet. So, Ethan, it's wonderful to have you this evening. It's wonderful to be here this evening. It's going to be our last in-person conversation. Definitely last recorded in-person conversation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be some odd two years, right? Why, and why? Why is it going to be your last conversation well, with me and you? So, I... Am going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I am about to go into the training center, you see, and I'll be gone for two years. And the goal is to get to Peru. I'm called to the Arequipa Peru mission. Um, so we'll go in, get trained. And you said they'll spit me out somewhere. You said the goal. Why? Why is it the goal? You're not going directly there. No, um, Peru has kind of a slow visa kind of department or whatever. I don't know what it's called exactly. Their process for yeah. authenticating or authorizing visas. Yeah, it takes a long time. Um, actually, Cade, um, our other brother, between me and you, this is kind of... You can. You don't, have to, you don't have to describe yeah. it like that. You just say it how it is. My bluffle. But I am, <laughs> I mean, I asked the question the way yeah. I did initially just because I wanted to spark the conversation. Okay. So that way it was, yeah, it was yeah. in, you know. Was, for all the viewers out there. For all our listeners. <laughs> um, once, this one gets, once this blows up. Once it blows up. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, Cade. Cade. Had an elder over in, in his mission that waited 10 months to get to Peru to my mission actually and he just made it there so okay that's so you could be waiting 10 months out in like New Jersey or something actually yeah there's uh, one of the one of the elders in my district is going to New Jersey yeah speaking, that happened so. uh, Uncle Sean he was yeah. supposed to go to Brazil he was speaking. no he's going to Peru really yeah Sean was and he never went <laughs> oh. so you might you might just spend all your time in the states yeah hopefully we'll see. it's not Jersey though because that's a liberal place <laughs> Although you probably would have plenty of opportunity because of all the immigrants. You might have to start picking up a little mm-hmm. Mandarin, though. Cause it seems that there's a lot of military-aged uh, Chinese men coming in illegally across the border. Really? And then they end up in New Jersey? That's been a big thing. Uh, not necessarily New Jersey, but there, I'm sure there's a lot in New Jersey. Um, the border states have been shipping their illegal immigrants. To across, uh, Martha's up, Garden. Up, Whatever it's called. Martha's Vineyard. Martha's yeah. Vineyard. Yeah. Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've been shipping them up to the Blue Run states to kind of give them a taste of what it's like having immigrants. So yeah, that was one thing Cade kind of told me about how, like, San Antonio's crazy right now. Yeah. It's chock His, uh That town he was in, Eagle Pass, mm-hmm. uh, recently had 4,000 immigrants in one day uh, come across. They, like, they were, like, nationally across the news. That's um, insane. Because specifically Eagle Pass, where Cade was serving, like where he was fishing on the border river, like watching people cross the border, that town. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I just remember he would tell me about how he'd play basketball with one of the Border Patrol agents uh-huh. and how, like, he'd be chasing people that, like, aren't supposed to cross. And they would, like, run away, like, laughing because they know it's it's just like a game of tag where, like, you you try to cross the border – you know, and oh no, I got caught. But you know that in like two hours back. you can go yeah, back you and just try come again. Back again just and eventually minute. you're just gonna make it over. So crazy, craziness, kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny because on the topic of Peruvians and um, you know borders and stuff, Uncle Jimmy, he, me and him had a pretty good conversation about this. He showed me this video. Um, I think like. MSNBC or somebody had this this guy on. He's one of the representatives for the like the consulate in Poland. Uh-huh. Um, like he he covers like all their immigration and stuff. And they showed a map. Well, he they ask him 
hey, why are you so discriminatory? Why is Poland so discriminatory? And you don't let people into your country. And he says, well, look, we care about our country a lot. Okay, We care about our people. We care about our country. We're going to do what we can to protect them. And you look at the stats, and he shows this map. And it just uh, it's a plot of like the last 10 years, all the terrorist attacks and where they've happened. And not a single terrorist attack has happened in Poland. And they don't let... Uh, they're extremely strict on their border policy. They don't like let people they in. People they're not a asylum state. Illegally. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. Yeah. That's Which is kind of wild to see. You know, part of you wants to be like, yeah, but, you know, that's not a direct correlation, but it... No, it, I it I believe it's totally like a direct it. correlation. <laughs> I I am more of the strong opinion uh, towards nationalism. Yeah, uh, which may not look like a great thing for me to say right now with the current haircut I have. <laughs> now that I just said that on camera, but um, I had this <laughs> I had a slight conversation about this with uh, Sydney tonight at the park. Because she said she was at that event that uh, David Goggins, Gary V, um, yeah, Andy Frisella specifically, who I was wanting to see. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he's crazy. Like, that guy is, you know, another thing. And I was, and I was like, oh, really? Like, like what? And he's like, oh, he's just, like, talking about, like, we need to take our country back. You know, I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, that's generally the messaging. But it's more like he's saying that the youth – you know, young America has become disenfranchised strategically. You know, it's it's been a, a an intentional disenfranchisement of the young generations of America. So that way, there's not a love for America, there's not a love for freedom, and therefore not a necessity to protect it, i.e. through borders, through proper uh, channels for immigration, mm-hmm. in order to make sure people are vetted and serious about wanting to be part of this country because in reality you you do need a nation to be nationalist nationalist has a negative connotation to it because people claim that the nazis are nationalists and that if you're a nationalist for your own country that you're associated with nazis or that you're uh, uh you know neo-nazi of some sort um but in reality we need to take pride in our in our own country everybody should be taking pride in their own countries not you know the total crap countries i think you know there's less pride to be had of those countries but that's because of the same things that have happened and it's mainly because of communism that there's lame you know garbage countries all around that you really don't need to have pride in that people are fleeing coming to america specifically seeking the freedom and seeking the capability and the opportunities that are afforded to people here yeah i think um what needs to happen in our generation is people need to um well they need to they need to hit the history books right 100 percent. it's uh one of my favorite things about jordan peterson is that he's labeled as a nazi and like a which is kind of the funniest thing he's because, my favorite nazi yeah he's he's my <laughs> <laughs> actually maybe trump's my favorite nazi i don't know you got so many nazis uh Dave Ben Shapiro, he's also another oh, one of my favorite Nazis. He, my favorite Jewish he's Nazi. A, mm-hmm. yeah. He's probably the best Jewish Nazi I've Which ever Which actually, heard of. if we hit the history books, he's he might not be the first Jewish Nazi. I mean, because hey, in reality, if like the actual Nazis were attacking, I'm sure there may have been a couple actual Jews who lied and and yeah, and basically just were like Survival oh, I want to live, kind you know? of thing. Yeah, yeah. No. So what was um, Jordan Peterson saying? Jordan uh, has kind of devoted his life a large chunk of it was spent studying the 20th century and nazism communism you know kind of all that because he's a psychologist and he was really fascinated and actually taught a a class called maps of meaning at harvard Uh and he has it on youtube i listened to about half of it um and it's basically about the nazis and kind of like the social psychology around nazism and how hitler kind of used these these psychology tactics to take over the German people. Um, and he talks about how we want to paint the people of Germany back then as like, oh, well, you know, like, there was like, oh, I could never, people. I could never be that person. The class is meant to basically get you to come to terms with the fact that you most likely wouldn't be the valiant, like one of the valiant people standing up. Like maybe 
there's obviously there's needles in the haystack, right? But the general person in the U.S. specifically, you know, like that's going to yeah, yeah, especially you know at Harvard, just some Ivy League person is most likely going to be a Nazi. a Nazi. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be a Nazi in that situation, but not because of you know you being a bad person. No, it's because of the the social um, engineering that is that was created and and used. And he not only says that, but he goes so far as to to kind of basically get you to kind of see the possibility that you might not just be a Nazi. You might be a pretty good Nazi, too. Yeah. Um, you might be really good at following orders and actually rallying others to also follow orders because you're influential mm-hmm. and you can see the logic behind, you know, taking certain actions. I think I like Jordan Peterson because he's... Um, He's pretty well integrated with the um, the dark elements of his personality, you know, and so he's comfortable with talking about it, and that's something he kind of gets at is that like people don't realize um, what they're capable of because they live in a society where the the deep like the deeply disturbing parts of humanity and like what humans are capable of isn't called on anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there isn't like, a necessity for it. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's why the 20th century, with all of the millions, hundreds of millions of people being killed and just like all this brutal things happening, is so shocking is because we lived in the society, you know, like Roaring Twenties kind of era where it was like this new age where we were learning so much and people were progressing and society was progressing. Um, and it was kind of like everybody was being bolstered up. And then it just kind of downward spiraled into this thing where it's like you were just seeing the worst parts of humanity in one of the best times of history. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's another thing where people, I think, don't think they realize what they're capable of and they don't realize that they could be a good Nazi guard if they wanted to be. Yeah. Or even if they didn't want to be, but they have, that's there in their brain. A lot of people don't want to want to address that but i think it's important to address and until we address the fact that you know we can't just pretend that the people in the past like george washington and abraham Lincoln. well i mean i say abraham lincoln because i know enough about history to know that he's actually a pretty uh racist guy but you know like yeah he held held legitimately racist opinions yeah yeah, and in one of his presidential Based speeches... Based on the actual definition... Well, just going to pause here. The yeah. actual definition of racism mm-hmm. for history to understand that it's discrimination against a group or race of people specifically based on that race. Yes, exactly. Discrimination. Um, Not, you know, making a funny joke and saying the N-word. That's, you know, <laughs> it's like... That's not racist. Actually hating people yeah. for their race is racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, real racism, okay? Yeah. Um, how we, we need to wake up to the fact that um, history is progressive and people change through times and just because you know some people don't meet the standards that we have today doesn't mean that this country is something you want to hate like there's no reason to hate George Washington and Thomas Jefferson because they had slaves they all knew that there was something deeply deeply wrong with it and many of them actually took actions to make sure that any slaves or kind of things like that that they had in their life, they resolved them. Some, yeah. some in their in their will, in and their will some by, by, by in their life. The time of their death. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have. I people know that like, was a specific case with George Washington that people yeah. have made like the complaint or the argument against him as being an immoral person because he waited until he was dead. But we yeah. talk about the actual societal societal uh, implications and, and the context that changes things significantly mm-hmm. as as to. You know, the morality of him choosing to do it by then as opposed to making it happen earlier. And it's like, I'm not here to... And actually, I'm not knowledgeable enough to really make it an argument in defense or an argument against George Washington's decision in that regard. But like you said, they did have an understanding of there being a deeply immoral um problem with 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 slavery like that was um i'm gonna totally botch the quote from abraham lincoln but that was what he said is that he doesn't believe that any man should be enslaved but Mm -hmm. he did think 
that black people were less than him. Yeah. And that was the racist that was the racist thing, right? Think discriminating, thinking that somebody is less than you because of the skin their skin color. But also he understood no man should be owned by anybody else and that's why he fought to make slaves free the slaves. Yeah. I was about to make the meme joke that to, just to make slaves free. Make slaves free. <laughs> slaves free. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> um no, in in all seriousness. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um I'm losing my train of thought. But yeah, so Sorry. you have you have these people in history um and what needs to be undone is there's kind of been this this rampant campaign to um to take take the past and look at it and compare it to the future and hold it up to the future and today's standards, right? And that's not a healthy way to look at the past. What you need to do is you need to take the good things that we've learned from the past and the the positive attributes and you need to be obviously, you know, objective and be like, yeah, you know, Abraham Lincoln might have been a racist, you know. Um Benjamin Franklin liked liked his ladies, okay? He you was have a to whore, Yes. As they say, a, a man, man whore. whore. Um you have to you have to take you know that? history for face value. He had a lot of he had a lot of uh he a lot of French lady women. friends outside of his marriage. He mm-hmm. went to France a lot. He was, uh, he was, he was the an ambassador. ambassador for France. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, he had a lot of travels and did a lot of dirty yeah. stuff. You, you have to be, but uh, he also made a lot of great influence exactly. on the development of America and the development of the Constitution and the guarantee of the republic that we have, not the demo- the democracy we live in, the yeah. constitutional republic that we live in. I think our society has done a pretty good job of throwing out the baby with the bathwater as far as history goes, right? Um, and you see it in like, for example, this is something that has always bothered me, all bothered me is uh, the movie The Greatest Showman where they can take history and they take the bathwater out of that story and they keep the baby. Yeah. He yeah. was an awful person. He was an awful person. He, he was, was a con man. He was immoral. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, having that conversation with grandma after we walked out of the <laughs> yeah. theater where she's like, I did the same I'm thing. just so glad he didn't actually cheat on his wife. And it's like, well, okay, that's, you know, that's the Hugh Jackman Hollywood version of this he, man. He did. An, insp- an inspiration, right? That yeah. a man took his dream and applied it and created something. However, mm-hmm. that's the, you know, Sunshine and Rainbows version. And in reality, he was yeah, and pretty... You- there's like stories out there. There's there's stories of like how he had a slave that he was supposed to free at this this point of her life. He kept her until she died and then held a, a live autopsy and charged people to go watch it. Kind of stuff like that. Pretty yeah. pretty awful guy. His his like motto was his dedication to the game was nuts. Yeah, dude. Built <laughs> different. Um He's he's like uh Jeff Bezos, but yeah, way back. Yeah. <laughs> Grind don't stop. <laughs> um, his so his awful. whole motto, <laughs> his whole motto was um, that there are suckers out in the world, and my job is to find them and take their money. Like yeah. that was yeah. that was the principle he lived by. He kind of had been quoted. That's interesting. And they took that uh, and turned it into a nice Hollywood happy story. Yeah. yeah. And now you got somebody like George Washington who had his flaws. Right. Obviously, they're not perfect men. You know. The only one that is is JC, right? Jesus Christ. Oh, I was like, yes, <laughs> JC. The, yeah, the good old my my I, hombre. Yeah, no, I agree. And I and you're right in that we need to have a uh, reacknowledgement, if that's a word, um, of the reality of history and study it from a, a more objective point of view, and and really take advantage of the lessons that are taught through the negative and the wrong and the, uh, you know, degrading parts of history that really show, as Jordan Peterson has pointed out, the capability of the darkness of man. Um, that reminds me of this, uh, quote from a Jordan, not Jordan Peterson, a Joe Rogan interview with David Goggins. Um, it's one that I had listened to at one point when I was running, um, and it was just it was a great interview just for inspiration, right? To just kind of keep pushing on and, you know, making yourself go farther and run harder. Staying and, hard. Uh, yeah, staying hard. What, um, what David Goggins <coughs> was describing was, 
um, his his childhood and this terrible, terrible upbringing that he had that was just awful. You know, it was like he had a, an abusive father. His mother, you know, kind of had a little bit of uh, the Stockholm syndrome going on. She was, you know, drawn to stay with her husband, even though he was a terrible and abusive person and, and was doing all sorts of awful things, you know, right in front of her. He was a pimp and it was all these d- just terrible things. And David Goggins was describing essentially how he he let that fuel him and that let that drive him you know to be stronger to be bigger to be you know harder than his dad was right he was this big bad monster in his life that was just eating at him all the time and tearing him down and that was driving him to just push and you know just overcome right Mm -hmm. you can apply that to the lessons of history right in that we need to understand the negatives in order to grow from them similarly to the uh the capability within each of us to be that nazi right and the, that nazi guard right or even a really good one it's like that the dark side of us and what david goggins said in this interview is that you know as he was kind of trying to to articulate what was going on in his mind he said that you need to master the dark matter of the mind right so he wasn't letting like he he talked about literally like hearing his dad tear him down, you know, verbally and then, you know, beat him and call him, you know, just a piece of shiz and, and, you know, make him out to be this terrible person, you know, a waste of life. Right. And that was like, he's like, I could either let that make me depressed and sad and become a slob, which, you know, for a time he did. Mm-hmm. Right. Then he ended up losing 106 pounds before going into buds and then failing and going again, not failing, but medically uh, being released for a moment and then yeah. redoing it three times, right? Beast. Um, and he was saying that that's the dark matter, right? Either it can be the master of you or you can master that dark matter that's within your mind, you know? So it's like we have to have an understanding of the capability that of n- the terrible side of human nature. Absolutely. In order to overcome it or to take, you know, control of our, reaction to society and to the realities of life that might be you know terrible circumstances yeah you know whatever people might be thrust into Mm -hmm. yeah i think you get um you have a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of issues with today right and and a big one has to do with um has to do with with that how people they don't want to be you know, the tough guy. They don't want to be mean. They don't want to upset people or offend people. They don't want, they want to just have sunshines and rainbows, right? Yeah. When the reality is that's, that's not life. That isn't reality. Life isn't convenience. No. Yeah. No. And if you go, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are some people, I know, you know, I can think of people like for the Lopez's example, nicest people I've ever met in my life. Not not a not a mean bone in their body, right? They yeah. they truly are just like. If there was a peaceful people, it would be the Lopez's, right? You know, right. That, like lives 100%. and just like they're like the embodiment of Fourth Nephi. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. They la- um, lived after the manner of happiness. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the reality is, most people have a part of them that they try and repress, which isn't healthy. Um. Um, David Goggins is a good example of taking this deep, dark matter and instead of rep- suppressing it and keeping it inside until it it blows up like a bomb, yeah. he's channeling it. He's using it as a driving force yeah. because it's, it's like rocket fuel, right? Or the fuel of a bomb, you know, the black powder, whatever it is. It's not black powder. Black powder is slow burner. They use something else. Um, but... You can either keep that in there, and eventually you're going to be crushing it so hard it's going to combust. It's going to blow up yeah. violently, um, and you can destroy yourself yeah. with your own dark matter. Or you can use it as a, you can a propellant. It. Yeah, and and it's quite literally a jet fuel, right? Like, I mean, obviously you shouldn't always be running off of negative jet fuel, but yeah. you need to learn how to use the positive influences in your life and use the negative influences in your life because you're going to have both. Um, and we have people who don't know how to do that. They're not not—they're not integrated with both sides of their personality. Yeah. They don't know how to use the dark matter. They don't even want to acknowledge its ex- existence. Mm-hmm. That's 
that's kind of, I guess, what I was getting at at the start when I was talking about Jordan Peterson. You Indeed. Know? Yeah. So would you say you are aware of yourself in that regard of the darkness and the and the light within you? And that you're able to I, understand it and utilize it? I have to Both be honest. Sides? I really don't think that I've fully come to terms. I don't think I've really recognized the the dark. I I'm going to be honest, you know, like there are parts of me I still don't want to acknowledge, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't think I definitely have tapped into it during hard experiences, you know. And it's a, and it's like it's a negative thing, or it's like a yeah. it's a sad thing, or something yeah. that makes you angry. Well, just and so that's why you're you you know it exists, but you haven't fully uh, confronted it. Right? I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel. Yeah, I you know quite frankly, I don't feel ready, and I think that's a sign that it's exactly why you should do it it's kind of like just this past this past week i've been doing home mtc there's a lot of zoom a lot of a lot of spanish too we're part of a pilot program Mm -hmm. so from day one from five to nine no sorry six to nine six p.m to nine p.m is spanish there's no english um yeah right trial by fire and through that i really realized we had a a teacher swap and there was a lady that was teaching us and she was actually kind of a lot more dedicated to making sure we're only talking in Spanish and kind of pushing us a little more than our usual teacher. Uh-huh. And, and there was like the wimp, the wimp in me was like, Oh man, this sucks. I wish we had our old teacher back. Right. Yeah. And then there was the other part of me at the end of the class. I was like, no, I don't. I'm, I i do not wish I had the other teacher because th- that day I felt like I progressed more than you know maybe two or three of the classes combined just because it was she was pushing us she was pushing us past the limit of her comfortability comfort i don't know i'm not going to try it comfortability comfortable no a uh, comfort level we'll just say that i don't think there's a comfortability <laughs> comfort zone. comfortability how do you say that wait plan flan comfortability you mean flan oh no you know, it's flan, yeah, so, so. flan like flan. Oh, flan! flan no, thank no, you. No, thank you. Not for me. <laughs> um, I cannot think of. It. Anyways, we'll anyways, from there. yeah. Um, I don't feel ready, and I think that's why I am ready because it's it's the things that you've run away from that are the best ones for you. You know that you want to run away from. Yeah. You don't always do it, but yeah. There's that part of you that it's, just wants to go in. For me, you know, it's kind of funny. My escaping is going to work out. Part of you just wants to, like, be like, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not going to think about it or write about it. I'm going to go and do push-ups instead or just something like that. Yeah, like having, like, avoiding the awkward conversation with somebody. Like, you have to confront them, Mm -hmm. you know, over something they said or, like, something they've been doing. Yeah. It's bothering you and you're just like, ah. Uh Uh-huh. You know, you try and bring it up, and they might, and it's like you're having this conversation within yourself. You've got like, your rational side suck. and your your side that's like annoying you, or that's the dark side, or whatever it uh-huh. is, and you need to confront it. And then if you try and bring it up, and you want to just go work out instead, it's yeah. like that friend who's just like, "Oh yeah, dude, you should have seen the other day we watched this movie." You know, they'll try and like distract from the point, right? If they owe you money, small right? talk. Yeah, small talk, and bring it. You know, distract. <laughs> Just a bunch of chimpanzees smiling at me with their teeth, as as Dwight <laughs> as Dwight says. Say. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, um, I had a thought. It was something on the topic of confronting or your readiness to confront the darkness and the light within you and their relationship, or their ability or your ability to utilize both the darkness yeah, and the light. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. No worries. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, just things like that, or maybe. Oh, it was about it was about the podcast you sent me from Modern Wisdom uh-huh. with that guy. One of my about, favorite podcasts. That's that is a good podcast. Huh? When shout I get out back. Chris. Shout out Chris Williamson. If, if you're you wa- ever, if you ever <laughs> if you're see Chris. the up and coming <laughs> podcasters in, of the world. Yeah. Um, Love you. 
You're a great man. I agree. Influenced for a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Me. Um, about how it's like he, the guy he has on, I can't remember his name, talks about how he has those tough conversations and then his life sucks because it really does for a sec. Yeah. I mean, you're confronting something that sucks and then breaking yeah. down the comfort, the comfortability. comfortability. <laughs> it's a word. I think that's a word. Comfortability. The convenience of, of, you know, surviving as opposed to thriving. Exactly. Yeah. And how, like, you know, those fears aren't, like, you know, just a figment of your imagination. Some of them are, are real. Like, there's going to be real consequences to addressing that. Like, like nobody wants, nobody who's in a situation where they're just a slob. I had to, I had to come to terms with this. About a few months ago, I had kind of let myself go in the sense that when I was, it turned off. Okay. That's, oh, it probably died. I don't know. Um, we'll be all right. Maybe it's recording. Maybe not. I had to kind of come to terms with the fact that I had not I wasn't being a Chapman that was basically what I ended up coming to terms with We're because I was potential. I was um not giving my 100% in my work I was kind of just avoiding um doing the things I knew I should be doing and just kind of getting on my phone and watching YouTube and playing video games um and yeah it was just this time where I was I was just being a slacker and being a loser and I didn't want to admit it because I was afraid of being a loser and like kind of the repercussions of that and having to admit that and be like, yeah, you were being a piece of crap for like the last two months. You need to shape up your life. Like that's, that sucks. Yeah. Nobody wants to admit that. To call yourself out. Yeah. Well, and then you have to like unlearn things. Like I had to unlearn spending hours on my phone every day, which, um, you know, is going to be probably a lifelong battle, you know? That's not going to go away. Yeah. Technology's only going to get true. better. Better at distracting you. Um, but, yeah, like, there's a lot of work that comes with it, too, and you don't want to, like, live up to that. But I'm really glad I did end up realizing, you know, like, no, this isn't... My parents didn't raise me to be a loser. The environment I'm in equals great. You know, that's what I looked at. I like looked the trajectory at I looked is at set. the equation yeah. of my environment, and it's like it it doesn't it doesn't go down; it goes up, right? You end up when you have this environment where I have amazing parents who raised me in the gospel, taught me true principles, taught me to think for myself, be a leader, put me through these uh, difficult classes and experiences. You know, like I attribute to my critical thinking skills a lot of it. I think comes from quest Uh and just them really being like, okay, what do you think about this? Tell us. Yeah. And then they just kind of formulate your own thought based further and further off of the steering wheel as you go through it. Right. And eventually you're choosing what you want to think to read. You're choosing what you want to write about. You're choosing what you want to speak about. You're, you're choosing for yourself. You're thinking for yourself. Um, and I can't go through all of that. And have been at one point, like, you know, had this, this great, um, really this great mental aptitude and this great setup for life and then just go and throw it in the dumpster and then be a loser. I can't do that. It's not allowed. There's too much. Um, you won't allow yourself to do that. Yeah. Well, and you know, you know, deep down that you won't allow yourself to do that, but you had at, at yeah. one point. Well, I, yeah, I can't do that anymore. Like I need to stop. This is. This is not who you're meant to be. This is not your potential. Um, and it's really, quite frankly, it's not fulfilling. There it's is not. no fulfillment yeah. in living that way. Um, and so I did my best. I I deleted the games. I put limits on my phone. I, I uh, stopped taking long lunches. And I just got to work, man. That was really what did it. Was, it was, I just started working way harder. And it it sucked at first, yeah. <laughs> especially especially the summer. It was really hot this summer. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of times where I didn't want to do it. Um, 
but I'm really grateful I did because I attribute it to, you know, that's kind of why I'm here where I am at this point. Um, cause I wasn't living right at that point either. Um, just as far as, uh, mission worthiness, you know, yeah. I wasn't living a life of, of the, the highest standards, you know, like they say in the mission, yeah, it, like the, the letter you get, you know, you'll be held to the highest moral and like, I think like appearance standards of the church. Um, but yeah, and now I am. So I, I hard work, there's nothing like it and just just Truly. addressing addressing those those hard conversations you need to have with yourself or you know, maybe have with somebody in your life um is worth it even if it sucks. That's that's what I'm getting at. It's it all is worth it in the end. It makes me think of my favorite uh Book of Mormon prophet, Abinadi. He's got a, a verse. It's verse that's chapter in a Mosiah chapter 13, verse 9. It says, And I finish my message, and whither I go, it mattereth not, if it so be that I am saved. He knew that he could have that hard conversation and stand up to the priests and King Noah um, and probably die, which is ended up what happening, which is what ended up happening. My dyslexic brain, which is not actually dyslexic, just uh disclaimer i just t- tend to say it a lot um he he knew like this is this is not good for me and my future but i have to say it because this is what god wanted me to say right this is the hard conversation he needed to have and he got stabbed with hot sticks till he died that's pretty sucky <laughs> I can't think of anything in my life that's like yeah. um, he was scared to death by faggots. By faggots, yes, those faggots. The technical man. term for what he was <laughs> killed by. <laughs> did you know that? I did know that. Isaac, did you did you know that Abinadi? You know how he was burned to death in like the animated movies. So <laughs> they were not all. So gay. what? Actually, no, no, no. They weren't gay. <laughs> no, they, they did like no, their women. Actually, legitimately in the Book of Mormon, what it says is he was. He was scourged. Yeah, he was scourged. Scourged with faggots. Is is what it is. So something like that. It's a bundle. A faggot is a bundle of sticks. Yeah, and they they burn the edges. They they were flamed. They were. They were basically like hot, hot coals. Uh huh. That they just kind of prodded him with until hot sticks. He died. died. Yeah. So he was put to death by faggots. They usually, you know, like in the videos or whatever, in like the living scriptures, they burn him. But yeah, that's a lot quicker. And quite frankly, Quicker, a better way to die. A better way to die. And also, if you were doing an animated series to show children and they like announced he'll be burned to death as opposed to like, we'll scourge him gonna, with faggots. We're going to stab you, know, you for an hour and a half until you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess maybe there's the the buzzwords you can't put in. Yeah. In for a, the animated children's show. <laughs> a, cho- a show for, you know, six year olds. Um, but yeah, like, I aspire to have that. Um, have that that bravery and to just my default to be like a Benedict, you know, to be willing to do what's hard and what's right because because it's right, knowing that regardless of how sucky it gets, you did what's right, you know? Yeah. And I think we need more people in this society that are willing to do that. You have a lot of people who don't have backbones, right? Um, I've seen that. 100%. Just people yeah. who want to, s- they say this, they say that, but when it comes to like, they're put on the spot or their business gets hard, they make an apology video for talking about abortion. You know, like there's a, this is just an example that I saw yeah. one time, or they're just, they backtrack as soon as things get difficult. Yeah. When you're like, okay, well, look at, look at, the people who have been doing the right thing through history. You look at the people of Israel yeah. all through history. They've been persecuted the whole time. Even to modern day, you know, like all the way through, the Holocaust was not that long ago. That's Seriously. the people of Israel, yeah. right? Um, you look at the saints getting completely driven and slaughtered all the way across the country until they literally 
went thousands of miles away. Um, the people who are, you look at the, sorry, another example, you look at the Revolutionary Army, you know, they went through multiple winters with inadequate clothing, inadequate food, no funding, to the point where even the, the credit bills that they were using trying to buy supplies from the people that lived there who believed in the cause, they wouldn't accept them because they really weren't sure where there was this, where it was going to go. You know. They had, you know, they've been, all been through these terrible experiences. It's not like when you're doing what's right, you're going to just yeah get applauded for it necessarily. Yeah. Um, we need we need to go back to that. We need the we need challenge and difficulty and adversity to be the the default, and not the uh, the outlier like the yeah. the exception, because everybody lives a life of complacency and of instant gratification. You know, you got TikTok, you got your phone. Whenever you want to buy food, you go you you can DoorDash it. You can have it. Somebody bring it to you, and it's just immediate. Everything's immediate and easy, um, and it's not it's not good for society. We need to go back to to embracing the difficulties of life, yeah, and taking them head on. Which which has to be a very major, a, a very con uh, conscious decision to directly choose to do something the harder way because it's the right way. And maybe not necessarily that the other way that's a little easier is wrong, right? But to be more honest in situations where you could kind of tell white lies or maybe deceive people a little bit in this or that as opposed to just telling the truth or or being honest with yourself or being honest with society, right? Not just bowing to the narrative of whatever it is, right? It could be on marriage, on sexuality, on mask mandates, on, on whatever, you know, people are kind of just going with at the time. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Cause oftentimes, you know, uh, as president Monson said, right. It's to choose the, often we have to choose the harder, harder, right. Than the, I can't remember. I'm, th- I'm totally think, messing I up. Think I think I remember it, but I basically, think. you know, okay. There's, say it. You, okay. You got it. <laughs> sorry, it. sorry. see what the quote is. It's like, we'll always have a decision to do what is easy or to do what is right. There you go. We're always going to have that decision. Yes. And other people have explained it as in, there is the easy wrong way or there is the hard right way to do things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen personal examples of both of those, you know, with people I've worked with um, in the past. My current job, actually, pe- most people are pretty, they have, have a good level of integrity. Um, it's a good company. Um, but I have worked with people in the past that will tell you, yes, I will do this job, or yes, I will do this assignment. I'll get it done by this time, or I can handle this. And then when it comes time to show up and perform, you know, they lack the skill or they lack the ability or the integrity to follow through or even, you know, be honest with you and, and do what they said they were going to do. But there's also people who sacrificed, basically, uh, convenience because they didn't believe in in the uh, imposition of overreach and, and government control, right? That gentleman who owns the gym in San Diego who was put out you know, tons and tons of money is filing lawsuits and, and yeah. arrested at one point, I believe. I think right? he was arrested twice. Yeah. I know he was arrested at least once yeah. for opening his gym. For keeping his gym open. You know, he had, he had real integrity and that's the type of person that is exemplary and unfortunately is an outlier. And like you were saying, we need it to be the norm that people have integrity and, and really do what is right in the face of adversity. How are yeah. we doing? On, how are we doing on time? It's ten oh eight. Yeah, we're pretty good. Okay. We we only live like two minutes away, so okay. um, we can wrap it up in a minute here. Let's let's yeah continue though. Yeah. Um, brain fart. We're just talking about integrity not being an outlier. Integrity, integrity. 
Integrity Farms. Just like South Park. <laughs> I don't know Which, the reference. Oh, Integrity Farms is... is Okay, confession. During summer sales, there was a lot of South Park that was playing in the. <laughs> oh, in the okay. in I knew the, it sounded familiar, but I was like, I don't know the video you're talking lo- about. <laughs> we watch South Park here pretty yeah, frequently. There's a lot of South Park going it's on. Quite entertaining. It is very entertaining. Um, not a not a mission show though. Not a mission show, <laughs> nor a young men show. So you no. two watching us don't watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Maybe when you're out of your mom and dad's house and you can make your own decisions, but. Make better decisions than me. Yeah, me too. We're supposed to learn from history, right? Fireworks. <laughs> yes, um, you need to learn from examples in history. Hmm. I'm. That's okay. It, it was. It was good. It was something that was like gonna drive it forward. Well, Anyways, keep talking, so I can think. What's your? Uh, what are you anticipating with the going into the MTC? You seem to be pretty level-headed right now, but you've got to have yeah. some anticipation going on. Maybe a little, maybe a worry about how you'll do, or do you feel um, like you're ready? I feel like I'm ready. It's okay. you definitely know it's the right time to move on with your life when when uh, you're done with work and you're like, well, who can I hang out with? And you go through your list and they're like, well, they're on a mission. They're at school. They're on a mission. They're at school. Yeah. They're gone. Nobody's <laughs> around. Nobody's around. They're all doing the things that you should be doing. Um, so I felt like it it's, was it's time. definitely time. I need to get out yeah. there. And basically, I feel like the home MTC has helped me kind of just get more and more excited and less and less nervous yeah. about the MTC. Um, because... Now I already I go into it. I know all my district. I know my companion. I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to get along with this guy. I mean, obviously, there's more to living with them and being around them all the time than than Zoom. But you can get a pretty good read on you can yeah on people and their personalities and stuff. And um, it's helped me a lot. I think I think I would have still done okay without it. But you know, it's definitely been cool and nice to see that um, and how you know Zoom. You know, the bane of my existence, the thing I hate. And, you know, screw Zoom. If I don't have to go on another Zoom meeting in my life, I will be happy. I hate Zoom. Agreed. going to be 1,000% honest. Um, there's a sour taste to that platform. But I've had some amazing and very spiritual um, experiences in at home at MTC with these, quite frankly, really awesome and inspiring um, missionaries that are preparing to go out. Um, I wrote in my journal, I think a few days ago, that my district helps me be excited for the future because um, when when we sit down and have these conversations, sometimes it almost feels like it's us against the world. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but sometimes it's disheartening. Yeah, it's almost. disheartening, almost <laughs> discouraging. You're like, "Oh man, there's a lot of stuff going on." And I think that kind of comes with the fact that we're connected to the whole world, so we see everything. Yeah. Um, but these missionaries aren't. Yeah. They're different, you know? They're, they're good. They're in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. They're dedicated to a purpose that's outside of the calamities yeah. of the world. My you can see the love for God and for goodness. Um, emulate from like all of them and this is through a screen you know Um, and that's just it's been a really awesome and it's a sacred experience you know I think to really be to be on a mission it's it's sacred you're you're blessed with power from God to um, to fulfill your purpose yeah to fill your purpose to invite others to Christ and you can just see it like just come out of these these 19-year-old kids. Yeah. 18 actually one of the one that I'm most impressed with which is like I love them all. They're great, right? Yeah. But like one that really stuck out to me is uh, Elder Merset. He's fresh out of high school. He's wow. like this cross-country theater kid who's kind of like he's like beanpole. Yeah. He's a runner. Yeah. Um and he's kind of like quiet, but like when he starts sharing, the spirit is just there. And it's it's awesome. He's going to be such a good missionary and 
he's going to like, he's going to change a lot of people's lives. And uh, I just feel like it's, it's been so cool and such a blessing to see, to see like, just to see somebody who you know is going to be such a force for good and to be part of, part of the preparation and, and part of that. It's fun. I love what you're saying though, that, uh, it's it's like you guys are all fulfilling your purpose right it's it's a direct um it's it's a direct example of you living the covenant of the consecration living the law of consecration right mm-hmm. you're literally set apart as missionaries and have been endowed with power from on high to fulfill his purpose but also even outside of if you weren't being set apart right to to fulfill uh, the measure of your creation, as yeah. we're as we're taught, right? We're all created in the image of God and with purpose and with divine potential, and and instructed to live the co- law of consecration. And the beauty of the mission is that it's a time to really uh, focus, right? To to separate from what's going on in the world. I think that's something. I would encourage you to do, and I think it'll be easier for you um, maybe being in a third world country. I don't know how much connection you'll have via social media or or smartphones Mm -hmm. in that country. I know most countries now, even third world countries, have kind of upgraded to some some smartphones. But in any case, I, I made the mistake on my mission, and you boys listen up too. This was a mistake that I made. Um, I would try and stay uh, as aware as possible of politically what was going on in America and to be, you know, well-informed on that end. And it's not a wrong, it's not a bad thing to be well-informed and to understand, you know, politically what's happening in America because this is a great nation. It has been divinely brought about and created right there's there's good about understanding what's happening in america and and you know wanting to basically be a good citizen and this and that right but i made that a major focus all the time and it was a major distraction for me on my mission i i know of many instances where my heavy political involvement hindered me from having the spirit because I was, I was wound up and I was, I was, I was pissed off. I was quite angry with missionaries that I worked with and with people that I saw. I was, I did not put myself in a position to love people to the full measure of, of this, this charity that I had and that I could have as a missionary um, for the people I was serving and the people I was serving with. I got better at certain points. Um, and that's all part of the mission is to learn from your mistakes in the moment. And that's the best way to do it. And if you can, you know, you're becoming a better missionary through that, right? The measure of a successful missionary is not necessarily the numbers. Although the numbers are a good quantification of the effort you are putting forth but also your ability to learn from your mistakes and to learn from the mistakes of missionaries around you, right? And that's the purpose of having a companion, the purpose of being in a district and then a zone and within the mission is for you to each um, teach and to have the spirit and to grow from each, each other's example by direct observation, but also to meet with each other and counsel and talk about the best practices, the best uh, ways you have found to find based on the culture of the people around you, you know, to teach each other the language in Ethan's case, right? There's so much productivity to be had. If you can have the charity of Christ in your heart for the people that you are working with, especially on the mission. And I, I feel regret. I don't know. It's hard to say that. Because I, I have the opportunity now to learn from it. But I, I feel as though I could have, I know I could have taken advantage 
of the the opportunity that the mission was to so much more of a full extent had I truly focused on my purpose instead of being distracted. And I... I know it is an important thing that we exemplify Christ and have charity in our hearts because of the blessing that it is to to see people as Christ sees them and the capability that you have to change their lives because that's really the purpose of being on a mission is to change your yourself into the person that Christ would be and the, the the person he wants to be to extend his his love to his to our brothers and sisters to to God's children because it's you know it's a a hard place to be in the world without the gospel and without the light of Christ and without God's love. Yeah. I can't agree with that more. I, there are so many times where um, I sit down and I just look at the world kind of in those disheartening moments, right? Those discouraging um, times. And I'm like, gosh, like, who would I be without without the gospel and without Jesus Christ in my life like how difficult and how um, how dark and dreary would this world seem you know without Jesus Christ and I just I one of the, the things I kind of want to um, kind of build on was how you're talking about the purpose that you have as a missionary and how you know politics specifically in America because America is a promised land that's that's very clear isn't a bad thing you know they're important people who are um are are part of our purpose as Americans is to be leaders and to create a place where we can have everybody come and reap the blessings of the promised land because of our righteous living. So it's important that we, um, you know, we defend are, that we defend that and how to defend. Yeah, that. exactly. We need to, sorry to have that speaking to the microphone there. We need to have that, um, that base and we need to be involved in, in the decisions that are made here in this country. But when you're a missionary, um, that purpose is different, you know. There's a difference between there's there's the purpose of you know through life, which is ultimately different than the mission because the mission is so unique. You can you can you have the opportunity to just leave everything else, and you only focus on Jesus Christ and and inviting everyone around you, including your companions and yourself, to come unto Jesus and to and to feast on that light. Um, and you can unite with the person who you may disagree with on so many levels or not get along with, you know, like all these different things. You could separate yourself on so many different categories. But as long as you guys both can recognize that you're there for a purpose that's above yourself and above him or her or whoever they are, right? Um, it can kind of... It's a it's really awesome experience. I had something similar where there is when I went to HEFY there's a kid his name was um actually I'm not going to say his name really um I actually think really highly of him now um but he had some kind of like you know he didn't communicate you know the same way a normal teenager would right he and he really loved to debate and really loved politics and me and him were on opposite sides of the aisle um, but then, right then, I felt like me and him were able to have these discussions and I was able to separate the discussions we had from the work we were doing and from the person he was. Um, and that really helped me a lot. I think, you know, in the way, like maybe, you know, really a month or two before and a month or two after that had I gone and done the same thing, it probably would have been different and I would have had a much harder time focusing on 
the good work we were doing there. Um, but, but I was able to set those things kind of aside and then realize like, yeah, we can have these conversations and, um, but as long as I'm like focused on being here for the people of Panama and being there to serve them and, you know, and so is my friend. He's there. He's here to serve the people. And that's what we can both do. Even if we disagree on, on immigration or, you know, it doesn't, those things, they're all important, but, but not to, but God's work is most important. Yeah. And when we have that opportunity to, to further the work, um, that's, that's the greatest thing we could do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the mission. Um, I might have something in here brewing, but usually with me is what I found is I I don't feel it and then I feel it and I don't yeah. know that I feel it until it just happens. You, you don't know and that it you, blows. you you have all this anticipation, <laughs> yeah. but then it's gonna happen once you yeah. go over there. Yeah, <laughs> and then I like it happens. It's an eruption. Yeah, it erupts, and then I'm good. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe tomorrow I'll be like dry heaving and like ah. Oh! I can't do this, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to be a party. The MTC, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and bulk. Just Dude, you could. <laughs> I'm going to try and bulk. I mean, you'll just, just eat, cut like eat crazy well. once I mean, you get to Peru if your food supply is pretty low. Exactly. So. But it, it's going to be a time to, um, to really enjoy the, uh, the first world I live in. Right. Yeah. To work out, to eat, learn the learn the good words, learn Spanish, and just yeah, live it up, yeah. have a good time. So, if there's anything I've learned from you, it's it's have a good time wherever you are. So <laughs> enjoy, yeah, enjoy the process, <laughs> yeah, and enjoy the people around you. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great, dude. I uh, I'm really proud of you. I'm so excited for you. I know it's gonna be. All your entire mission is going to be an an incredible opportunity for you. I'm not going to say it's all going to be awesome because <laughs> it's not. You know, it's, it's the reality not. of it. But no. it is going to be an awesome opportunity for a lot of growth, and I I am very excited to see you change and grow. You know, as we've been able to see Cade change and grow. You know, and I can't yeah. wait to get him back here and have almost the same conversation with him now from the the opposite end of perspective. So the other end of the tunnel. Yeah. Well, congratulations, I think, dude. I think this, this is a, is a, great I think it's a good spot to stop. You know, we're yep. an hour and three minutes in. So, well, thank you for doing this with me. I think I'll probably put this as my post. This as the first episode. Okay. And just have me and Ryan's one be a sounds good. You know, we didn't even talk about how, the amount of conversations we've had like this and then at the oh, very I know. end we didn't like, even say it Shoot. bro we gotta start a podcast yeah. man we we have had <laughs> we've had the conversation of basically solving the world's problems so many times and ended that conversation with we should start a podcast so yes. finally it's happening yep now that ethan is leaving but yep it's all in in the lord's plan it's all in good timing so i wouldn't call this a a, a difficult conversation but no, it, no. But it, uh, it definitely was a, uh, you know, it it takes work to have these it takes conversations. Work. Yeah. So yeah. it's been. Uh, I'm grateful for the work you've put in to make this happen. Brother. Me too. And I'll well, I'll I'll end with this. Shout out to my buddy Spencer, uh, my buddy Spencer Sorensen. I told him that I had been thinking about starting a podcast, and this was like two months ago. <clears throat> and he's and I, and I was like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe I'll start it. You know, maybe in the winter by the you know the end of this year or sometime he's like why don't you do it right now you know he like really got me thinking like i need to just pull the trigger on some things like it's it's a good thing and i know it's going to be beneficial to me and that i'm going to learn a lot from it and grow so i need to just be better also learn and grow in in this area of my life of of now that i've stewed on a decision or or thought out all the options i just need to pull the trigger because i had i'd spent all of this year up until two months ago, thinking about what kind of equipment I'd want, you know, watching mm-hmm. videos on how to begin a podcast on, 
you know, recording softwares and, you know, talking to other friends who have podcasts. And it's like, you're doing a lot of thinking and you're not making a lot of decisions. So thank you, Spencer, you know, in case you ever listen to this and get to the hour and five minute mark, but (laughs) yep. Um, Amen. Right. It reminds me of the chosen. If not now, when, right? Right. You just got to do it now. So, all right. That's the message. Now, just I'm going to go to bed. Yes, it's bedtime. And time. tomorrow, I'm going to go to the MTC. So, love you, brother. Love you too, man. Night.